Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 15, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, let's check it out for a moment. I know there was a lot of intraday movement. We're going to get to that a little later and more specifically address some of the nuances slash potential shenanigans slash what's really going on out there from an intraday perspective. But what we want to do is get the visual from the big picture first and then we'll drill down. Here's the way I look at today after the close. At the end of the day, looking backwards from a big picture, what happened? They tried to break up a little bit. They still had an up day. They're creeping higher to the next major area of overhead resistance slash target, which is essentially somewhere in between the 200 period moving average, potentially a retest of the neckline, the original neckline of the original head and shoulders pattern, which, oh, by the way, coincides with the general neighborhood of an open gap. That's really our target. Here's the thing, they're not going to give it to you all in one shot. Either they take it away like the thieves in the morning type of situation, we had one of those this morning, or they go back and forth, back and forth, while they build energy, eating time off the clock, making everybody believe they're not going to do it, and then when you least expect it, they gap higher, and they go, and they complete the target. That's kind of the way things work under normal garden variety conditions. They shake you out a couple of times. But here's the thing. You could say, well, maybe today was the top. How do you know they're not done going higher yet? Well, we don't know that for sure, but here's some evidence that I look at to build the case for they're not finished going higher just yet. Let's take a look at the original breakout day from last Thursday, the tremendous big up day those type of big up days, and this one was a sign of the times slash one for the ages, those typically aren't reversed right out of the chute. We said it at the time, and it certainly wasn't reversed just yet. Doesn't mean that they're not going to take some time going higher, but think about the volume for a moment. So the volume on that day in the SPY was 141 and change, 141 million shares. So since then, even though they've gone higher than that, they've creeped higher on less volume. Tells us there was some level of interest slash institutional participation on the move up. They're typically not one day wonders. And rather than guessing where a top may be, you take a look at the chart and you say, where's the next area of logical resistance for all the reasons why and how we build a full stack type situation. Well, it really is that area that we discussed before. You don't know exactly where they're gonna stop. You don't know whether they'll spike through the line. You don't know whether they'll keep going. But under normal garden variety conditions, this area up there, specifically if reached sooner than later, like this week, is overhead resistance. They're unlikely to just waltz right through that area. Let's play umpire calling balls and strikes. Let's talk about the other side of things. 
How do we know they're falling apart? What gives us the first clue, the second clue, and the final clue? Let's look at things logically. Just look at them visually. Let's say we have breakout areas, and we know that the market likes to come back to double check or check in at former breakout areas, former breakdown areas. We talked about this one over here. This was 390 and change. Now they haven't yet come back to it. They can come back to it. They can certainly do it before they get up to the target area. We can also narrow things down a little bit as the market stair steps up. So just from a visual standpoint, the next breakout area is the next big day. And you can see this was last Thursday. They tried to break out above a couple, three times. They've come back already today and yesterday, not necessarily check in at because they haven't really got too far yet, but you can see they're trying to stay above that area. So they're staying above the closing price, give or take, of the big up day from last Thursday, so we can surmise just from the chart from a visual perspective that this area, now that line is there, it's around 395, give or take. Now watch this. Here's a 240 chart. You see them respecting. We'll use the term respecting the area around 395. The 240 chart doesn't look a lot different than the daily chart, so we go get a look-see from the 120 chart. Same routine, you could see a nice big test and reversal candle on the 120 chart. This is the candle that ran the test and reversed. This was from today's activity. How about the hourly chart? Same routine, nice big hourly reversal candle from the test. What also was the test? Well, it was very simple. Not only was it the breakout area from the other day because of what we described before, the Thursday big up day, but also it was filling the gap that was left open from yesterday's close when they ran down to the test yesterday. So they've run a couple of tests and so far they've passed, meaning the bulls have passed the test twice. But in passing the test the second time, just so happens it was convenient to go fill the gap left open from last night. What was yesterday's closing price? 395.17, they spiked it, they reversed, and here we are. It deserves a funny how that works. It all depends on how you want to look at the market. Do you want to look at indicators from Joe's Indicator Shop that by and large, or all of them, are lagging indicators by nature of the indicators need data from the market? The only way they can get data from the market is by having data that's already been posted in the market. So by definition, they're all lagging indicators. Now I know some of you use some indicators and use them with some level of success. I would call them coincident success, but that's for you to decide. Here's a 10 minute chart. Let's have a different discussion. Let's discuss what happened. I get an email from a member named Jeff. Jeff has a very legitimate and fair and good question. The question is, and I'm just paraphrasing. These are my words. Jeff was much more eloquent and detailed. But basically what he's asking is, what the hell's going on? Is the market being manipulated? How can you see it coming? What's going on intraday? They have these huge moves. 
What's the story? What Jeff's really looking for is some kind of informational explanation. And unfortunately, I'm going to give you an explanation among other people who are wondering the same thing, but by and large, it's not anything you really think it is. It's just normal garden variety market behavior. Let me explain. What the question is really referring to is the market's going along nicely, building a bullish, flaggish type of pattern from a gap higher open. Under normal conditions, we're going to see another move in the northern direction. We have targets. They have an important place to visit. All that stuff. We'll get to inside the numbers and the detail in a little while. Then, somebody pulls the rug out, they fall out of bed. So you could say the market's being manipulated, they fell out of bed because this indicator or that indicator was saying X, Y, and Z. But the reality is, let's start back at the big picture. They're trying to break out. They didn't have a successful breakout all the way just yet. And what am I talking about? Well, the next major area is getting to the high of this candle, which is a big-time breakdown candle. What's the high? The high is 403.10. What's today's high? How about 402.31? The big picture is they got pretty close. They didn't get all the way there. They decided to have a pullback, run a test of two things. The most recent breakout area and fill the gap from last night. Let's get that out of the way. Let's also use the excuse from the missile issue that we had in the news cycle today. The Russians fired a missile. Maybe it went off course. Maybe landed in the wrong country. Maybe it didn't. We don't know. The news cycle changes the story on a regular hourly basis. They're wrong 100% of the time. Convenient excuse. Here's what I say. Remember this, and we talk about this each and every month. It's options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. So instead of a possible informational type of explanation, I look at it from a chart perspective, from an options expiration week perspective, from a market goes up and down perspective. And here's really the final thing. Let's look at it like this. So the market's trying to break out today. It's all the way up here. Fair enough. Here's an area it came back to retest. This is where we were last Wednesday. This is not a big move today in the big scheme of things. You have to put the magnitude of the numbers and the magnitude of the move that recently happened in context with how much the market is moving today. And in reality, the amount of points the market's been up in several days the pullback is garden variety. Sure, from an intraday perspective, it looks large, it looks quick, it looks violent. And from an intraday perspective, just in a vacuum, that's 100% correct. But all they're doing is running the test, filling the gap, and in the big scheme of things on the daily chart, it's like a blip. How about the weekly chart? How much did they move today? Not a whole lot. Remember, the market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's the emotional side of this thing. We let the market do that to us because we let our emotions inside the business, which also can let our emotions run the business. You don't want to do that. Don't let your emotions run the business. Here's a side note for a moment. This goes in the category of there are no accidents nor coincidences. 
Yesterday, I made an off-the-cuff comment about daily expiration of options, not knowing that they were coming. So this morning, my son sends me an email after he listens to the video, and Robinhood, which he has an account with, sends him an email introducing daily option expiration. Now, this is certainly akin to pulling up at the Baccarat table or the craps table or the slot machine or whatever you want to do, betting on a football game, basketball game. It's all the same. Daily option expiration is mainly going to be a guessing game for most traders. It's hard to believe that they're coming out with a product like this. Now, think about why they come out with a product like this. Is there such demand that they want to come out with a product like this? Or are they continuing to create products that are a fractal of each other, lowering the entrance fee, meaning the minimum required dollar to participate? If Robinhood has a lot of traders that have minimum size accounts, and I'll be nice about it, they don't have a lot in their accounts. There's a lot of accounts over there that are a couple of thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars, whatever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying they're playing to their audience. The lower the entry fee, the more those people will trade because they have more options, no pun intended, to trade different vehicles. It's specifically designed to get them to trade more. It's like bringing drinks to you at the blackjack table. They want you to stay there. What's going on inside the numbers today? Let's go through some of the commentary. We don't have to worry about stocks on the move. The gap higher open took those away from day traders. That's just the way it works. Sometimes we take what Mrs. Market gives us. Well, what was Mrs. Market giving us today? There was a trade here today, so pay attention. We're going to get to it quickly. It's Turnaround Tuesday. We certainly saw a turnaround a couple of times today. And by the way, on this day in 1867, the first stock ticker was introduced. They no longer had to deliver price quotes by messenger, horse, or however else they did it back then. Funny how that worked. And at zero dark 30, we've got one of those rally situations going on where she was drawn right back up into the big fat round number of ES4000. Just running another test. And by the way, remember... It's options expiration week where weird stuff happens. That's the early morning zero dark 30 reminder. Here's what's on the chart. The last hour on yesterday created a big time breakdown candle on the hourly chart. Getting above and staying above is the bull case for the band to stay on stage. We'll call it 398 for rounding purposes. However, if price is not able to sustain above, then it was just a bounce back for a test and the door would remain open for lower prices. 397 is a line in the sand of sorts and our early bear pivot. Where would they go below the bear pivot to fill the gap at 395? You'll see that later, but that was really the layout from zero dark 30. Let's scroll up, see what else we have as the day starts out. We had PPI. This is the thieves in the morning taking away much of the morning trade for most traders. I won't say all, I'll say most. PPI is also a fantastic excuse to move the tape, specifically and certainly during options expiration week. Just to get the visual, here's a 10-minute chart of the ES, which includes the pre-market activity. Here's that PPI rally slash squeeze operation. Now, 
big picture stuff to complete the higher number around 405 of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. This is a possibility. They don't have to stop there. There's a 200 period moving average. These are all the targets that we went over on the daily chart. Not saying today, but saying this is at least more evidence of the beginning of the move or the middle of the move into that area. That's what the market was telling us this morning, and it really hasn't finished telling us that just yet. It's still on the table. Now, 403.10 is the gateway into no man's land, also the gateway to all that higher stuff. Blowing right on through is not the norm. So am I expecting the market to do all that today? Am I expecting them to blow through 403.10? The answer is, we don't know what's going to happen this afternoon at zero dark 30 this morning, or in this case at 8.45, but at least this morning, even if they're continuing to run, they're going to find overhead resistance around that area. Blowing through is not the norm, but in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. All right, here we go. 9.21. Is there a trade on the board? Get out your sticky notes. Maybe. Assuming for a moment they're not going to gap and crap. Now, at the time, we don't care what happens in the afternoon. We're looking for the morning trade. And if there are higher prices to come, if they have an early morning shakeout operation down to the neighborhood of 400, give or take. Why? Because it's both the last breakout area and a big fat round number. It's meaningful whether you want to believe it or not. Closing candles below 400 would take the higher stuff off the table until back above. Spiking it is not the same as staying below for a period of time, like 10, 15-minute candles. Then the evidence starts to build that they're going down to the next number in the southbound lane. The risk is there's a lot of space between 400 and yesterday's close, which is the gap. Not that they have to get there, but you have to be aware of that's the 395. It's a possible buy at the same area where it's wrong, which is the spot. What does that mean? You want to buy the spot which has the risk. It's the gateway spot. If they can't sustain 400, it's the gateway to lower stuff. But the fact that that's the gateway means coming down to run a test is normal garden variety behavior. When you're making a trade at a gateway area, you're saying the bulls are going to hold this, they're going to play defense, and they're going to take another run at higher prices. Why? Because we haven't yet satisfied some higher targets. That's the concept of the trade. It's a possible buy at the same area where it's wrong. That's the best spot. They're up a lot, so careful if you're interested in taking the long side trade for a ride. Keep in mind, the higher stuff might not come today if they can't get above 403.10. Now, early this morning, I really thought they would test 403, give or take today. Now, they, I guess, got kind of close. When you look at the daily chart, you say, well, they made a run for it but I really thought they would get to 403. Now, now that note was provided before the opening bell. Right at the vertical is today's activity. They opened the tape at 401.15. They reached 400 by 9.50 in the morning, slightly before. The low was 399.97. They ripped up past 402, so that's a 20-point rip plus in about... 15 minutes. 
Traders are taking profit along the way. So the fact that they came back down later doesn't mean that it was any kind of a loss on anything. We turned them into a risk-free, emotionless trade. You can't take a loss on the remaining portion of your position that we call a trailing position. We're moving along. Let's see what else we've got. There was another side also. So let's say instead of running down for a test in the morning, they ran up for a test first. So what we put on the board at 9.25 before the opening bell was and 4.03.10, give or take, on the first run will normally be overhead resistance. Blah, 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 you know the routine. That was an area for a trader willing to take a short trade at that spot. That was a good spot. They're not going to just waltz right through that area. So here it is, a spike of 400 would be convenient. I'm still a willing buyer with the understanding that a big spike can be down to 398. You have to take into an account how much they're up. Adjust risk accordingly. Showtime for the Bulls to play defense. The scalp portion of the buy down there is over. They bounced really quick. They ran a test, bounced up as I was typing it. The rest is trader's choice. And many traders who took the trade got a nice chunk of change out of the market. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. If you're at all interested or already are an intraday trader, this is information that you are interested in, you should be interested in, and that you already are taking advantage of if you're an Inside the Number member. You see us do this all the time. We're not right 100% of the time. I'm not right every single day. I'm not right all day. But we typically get a trade or two for the morning trading opportunity. That's the morning goal. What have we got over in Camp IWM? No change. It's all the same market. If they're going to continue up to the S&P target, the IWM will continue up to another target. They've tested it kind of, sort of, a couple of times. 190 is an area that if they can break above, it should be a quick shot up to around 193.50, give or take, and then 195, give or take. Below yesterday's low creates a problem and would open the door for them to begin the trek down to maybe run a test of the most recent breakup candle low in the sequence. The low is 181, give or take. That's what would be happening below yesterday's low. Same routine in the SPY. If they give up the last breakout area, which was really the 395 area, that's going to open the door for the breakout area, second breakout area, or the original one they just broke out over, which is essentially 390, give or take. We started talking about the umpire stuff, and then I don't think I finished my thought before. It's live TV. Folks down at the transportation department, nothing wrong with this. They're just eating time off the clock. They just were not able to break out above yesterday's high, but that doesn't mean anything negative. They're in a good position on the chart. This is a bullish position on the chart. Check out the weekly chart. Again, you can see where they are at this convergence of the 50 and 100 period moving average. If they can start to push higher, they're going to start working on these pivot highs over here above 15,000, 15,300, 15,200, 15,4. That's the next target if they can stay above the convergence of these moving averages. Keep in mind, these moving averages, even on the weekly chart, are the last one in the sequence above them. The entire tape turns back to an uptrend, 
and look at the monthly chart, the 20 period month moving average, they're banging into it right now. If they can get above on a monthly basis, monthly close, that moving average, 16,000 is in the cards. Back down below the 200 period moving average on the weekly chart, and they're gonna be doing some consolidation slash testing activities. The Q people, we've had this number on the page for a long time, 293.50, what was today's high? How about 293.26? It's important, it's also unfinished business now. The Q people on the chart don't look nearly in the same position or nearly as good as the S&P. Doesn't mean they can't all rally together at the same time, but you wanna take into an account when we see relative weakness in a market, specifically against the S&P, tech is relatively weak against the broader market. You have to take notice of that. It's important information. The financials, pretty much a flat day, nothing to read into a flat day. We'll just say from a daily chart perspective, they're above all the moving averages, eating time off the clock, nothing wrong with the financials, leave it alone. Same routine on the weekly chart. Look where they are into the convergence of moving averages. If they're gonna break up higher, guess where they're going? 38 and a quarter, give or take. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. About Smash Mouth, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. They ran into resistance, natural resistance, at the 200 period moving average. Nothing unique about that, nothing out of the ordinary about that. It's normal garden variety market behavior. The semis woke up, they're doing just fine. From a weekly perspective, if they're gonna continue higher, the magnet's gonna draw them into the area of those moving averages, the 50 and 100 period moving average. We'll call it 240 for argument's sake, give or take. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.